Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. This is Sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm your humble host, Jeff Trenopole. And as always, I'm bringing you sports from a West Side point of view from right here in Cincinnati, Ohio. All right, here is the rundown of what I'll be talking about today. UC had an unbelievable comeback win last night over South Florida. And the varsity team played last night. At least that's what I was told. UK, well, they lost to Kentucky or to Tennessee last night. And the Reds are taking on the Cubs today. Let's get into it. Bearcats won 79 to 67. Unbelievable. They I thought they were done. I mean, how many times as as a Bearcat fan have we gone to a game? And they're like, all right, this team cannot shoot. And they light us up. <laughs> and that's exactly what South Florida was doing the first half of the game and all up to about 13 minutes into the second half. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. I'm like, they were hitting everything. The guy who can't shoot three-pointers all of a sudden could throw it from half court and hit. I'm like, this always happens. Why does this always happen? <sighs> but with... 13 minutes and 14 seconds left in the game. US, USF was up 52-43. to 43. Coach Brandon calls a timeout. And Terry Nelson said this on a broadcast. And I noticed it too because I'm listening to it on my phone. And I'm watching it on TV. And he says, they're being punked. They're being punked out. USF is laughing. They were laughing at the Bearcats going, I can't believe it's this easy. Because it was that easy. They were getting to do whatever they wanted. We had no defense, no rebound, and you and South Florida was hitting everything. So I don't know this for a fact. Brandon didn't say he said this. But if I were him, I'd be like, what do you guys want to do? They're over there laughing at you. They're laughing at you. Dude, we're the Bearcats. We get the black jerseys on, black hat. We're the Bearcats. We don't come down here and lose. So, Brandon... He said he did say this in the interview. He's tried every defense he he threw out there, and none of them were working. So they decided to do the trap, which worked out great. They got back-to-back steals. Mamadou got a dunk, and then Brandon. I love Coach Brandon. I, I he's be, quickly becoming my favorite Bearcat coach. He ran, according to Terry Nelson, he ran the same play four times, twice for Keith Williams down the baseline, and twice for Trey Scott, and they took over. Keith Williams stepped up huge. He was he had a career high with 28 points. Trey Scott who has just been bringing it all month long. He had he followed up with 22 or 23 points. I, I couldn't I couldn't believe I, I, what I was watching at first cuz I mean before that timeout they came out of the second half I thought they quit. <laughs> I mean Terry Nelson said it on the broadcast. Is the Bearcats se- season unraveling before our, our eyes? Because it looked like it. They looked lethargic. They had no energy. They had they had nothing. And the second half, you know, I thought they'd come out and punch them in the mouth. And they had nothing. 13-14, timeout. Brandon, I don't know what he said to him. But whatever he said, he needs to say every single time. <laughs> because that got them going. I mean, this... I'm going nuts 
down here in the ice cave watching the game. I'm yelling at the TV going, this is your NCAA birth on the line. I'm screaming it. <laughs> and my wife's going, you know, they can't hear you through the TV. Well, I think they can if I yell out enough. <laughs> but it was just so frustrating to watch. I'm like, I know Jaron Coverland was out. I know Davenport was out. I know, but you got it. They had to give a better effort. They finally did. Let's see here. They went from that 13, 13 minutes and 14 seconds, they went on a 36 to 11 run. <laughs> Our defense played awesome. We held the Bulls to two field goals in that span. That's it. Where the hell has that been at? <laughs> like, oh my goodness. Yes. Trey Scott, he said after the game, he goes, the last the second half there, we finally played like Bearcats. Yes, you did. You finally played like Bearcats. I don't know what in the world that was the first half of the game. And, and if they played like that with Jaron Cumberland against Houston, it could have been a closer game. But moving forward, Keith Williams. Like, I don't know if they got to run more plays for him. Maybe that's it. Maybe Brandon needs to run more plays for these guys, you know, to, to get them shots, to get them going. Maybe he's found something. Because that was awesome. I mean, Keith Williams played with confidence and he just he made some just tough shots. And one thing I like Trey Scott did. First half, he kept trying to do the Euro step and shooting threes and all the stuff that he's trying to develop into his game, which I understand. But second half, he went down the block and scored. That's where Trey needs to needs to be 90% of the time. I mean, I have no problem with him shooting three-pointers every once in a while because he has shown that he can make them, but not all the time. And I don't want him out there. I want him down on the block. And the interesting thing, I think Chris Vogt, I don't think he played. I think it was seven minutes left. I think that's what it was. He never saw the court again. Mamadou played great. Now, my opinion, we can't... Go, we will be more successful with Vote getting back to playing like he did at the beginning of the year. I don't know what he's doing. I'm not sure if he's just getting pushed out or or they're figuring him out or if he's tired or I don't know. <laughs> but I really hope he can figure it out because to move forward, like I was saying yesterday, hopefully Jaron Cumberland is healthy. I mean, he's had this foot problem. All year long. He he's barely practices. I mean, he's had this foot problem a ton. Hopefully, he'll be back Saturday for senior night. And we get him going. If we get him going and we get Trey Scott, like Trey Scott's been playing like this all year long. We get Keith Williams. I think you start running some plays for Keith. I, I don't the stuff you did Saturday, or excuse me, last night, you need to do that Saturday. Because it worked out great. But if you can get those guys going. We could go pretty far. I mean, and they play defense like they did the second half. We still got out rebounded. We got that's why we need vote. He, he's seven, dude. You're seven feet tall. Play like it. You beginning of the year, I, I know. I remember this. He would go up. He'd have uh, shots where he should dunk it. He just lay it in. And I remember Terry Nelson going, "Go there, dunk that ball like like the seven footer you are." And now it's kind of like. He's kind of gotten back into that mode where he's seven feet tall, but he's playing like he's like 5'9". 
You know, so he needs to get back into that seven-foot mode that he's the biggest, baddest dude on the court, which most of the time he is the biggest guy on the court against guys we play. He's got to get back to that. If you get him going, Trey, like I said, he's been going all year. Keith and Jaron, Javon would be awesome if he could start making his shots. It's There's so many if these guys all come together and if it happens. And I mean, we can make a run to the Sweet 16. We can lose in the first four in Dayton. I mean, that's that's how this, this team has been this year. So I don't know what is going to happen. But John Brandon has just done a heck of a job coaching, especially this week after the loss of his father. He had that heavy on his heart this weekend. They've also they've lost four of their 13 scholarship players. So, I mean, we're banged up, bruised. We got guys that left the team. Brandon's father passed away. I mean, it's just been, <laughs> for a first-year head coach, it's been a tumultuous season. And Brandon has stood up and been there and been the leader for his team all year long. To hear him break down emotionally in the post-game interview with uh, Dan Horde and Terry Nelson uh, was was heartbreaking because uh, he basically, not basically, he said he left his father on his deathbed and had to get on a plane to go to Houston and then went from Houston to, to Florida. So he hasn't been around any of his family in probably one of the hardest times of his life. I mean, when you lose a parent, I know that's, I haven't done it yet. Luckily, both of mine are still here. But I know that's got to be extremely hard on you. And he had to just focus and concentrate to get a win out of, he had to win at least one of these games. And they did. They played a heck of a lot better. But I just really respect what Brandon went through and how he kept it together for his team and that group of young men. He said, I got to go home. My mom needs me. My dad, my brother needs me. He goes, I left my father on his deathbed. So, Coach Brandon, my thoughts and prayers are with you and your family. Go home. Take care of what needs to be taken care of. And let's bring the heat Saturday night. <sighs> All right. Now, for those of you that are watching me on YouTube, I have uh, this other Facebook group. Well, uh, so this was actually a Facebook group. It's called Bearcat Country. And I post on there a lot. And last night I did a, a video. I can't remember if it was a live video I did or, or I videoed the game at the end of it when we, when we were winning and I was cheering and acting like an idiot. But it was awesome. <laughs> so anyway, there's a, apparently a UK fan on there. And he uh, commented underneath it and said, Hey, you see, get off the, off the TV. The varsity team's going to play. Well, your varsity team lost 81 to 73 to Tennessee at Rupp. Wow. I think there goes your number two seed in the NCAA tournament. I didn't get to stay up and watch it. I probably would have, but I, I had to get, go to work. So I got this uh, information from uh, one of my viewers. He is a Kentucky fan. And he just gave me some stats I think are pretty interesting and pretty telling about Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky uh, is 8-6 and six when they allow more than 66 points to their opponent. They're 6-0 and oh when they hold them under 66 points. I mean, now you can sit there and say, well, that's every team in America. You know, if you play great defense, you're going to you know, you're gonna win. But they're 16-0 when 
they hold their opponents under 66 points. So, Kentucky, their main focus, to me, should be playing great defense. Because they got, I'm a Bearcat fan, but they got such great offensive players. The offense will come. You know, you really got to buckle down and play defense. Especially if you're 16-0 and 0 when you hold them to 66 points or fewer. So, varsity team lost. <laughs> All right. Xavier, I have not forgot about you. You guys are taking on Providence tonight at 6.30 on FS1. And it's probably on 700 WLW or it's on uh, 55 WKRC. I'm not sure which. But yeah, I didn't know this. This is a very interesting and cool stat. Uh, if they win tonight, I think this will make 36 straight years in a row that Xavier is 500 or better in conference play. That's pretty impressive. 500 or better in conference play, and especially the last, I don't know, five, six years you've been in the Big East. That's that's pretty impressive. I got to give it up to you guys. Now, I think they're still, I think they're in. I think they're more in than UC is. Um, if they lose a province tonight, it might hurt them a little bit. Obviously, it'll hurt them with the loss. But I, I, I'm not really that worried about Xavier going in. I, I really... I don't know. I think both UC and Xavier going in. I mean, UC's got to win Saturday, and then we got to win and make it to the conference championship, I think, at least. All right. Now, today is hump day. So I call it sports hump. Like, what's that sports hump that's getting you excited, getting you ready to slide into your weekend? Well, what got me over it was last night. I'm like, yes, they won. That was so cool. But what I'm looking forward to this weekend Again, Bearcats. And it's not just because we need to win, but it's senior night. So if you have a ticket, this is your last time to see Trey Scott and hopefully Jaron Crumble and hopefully he gets to play. Hopefully he's healthy, healthy enough to play on their senior night. These guys, if you look in the record books, they are, I think Steve Logan is number one as far as victories in a Bearcat uniform. These guys are in the top, I think top five. I want to say two and three, but I, I don't know that for sure. I should have looked it up before I started talking about it, but I didn't. But I know they're in the top five as far as victories. And Trey Scott, I know, passed Jaron last night with that win since Jaron didn't play. So that's just, these these two are two great Bearcat basketball players. Now, are they going to go to the NBA and be stars? I don't know. I, have, I don't care. They were great Bearcats while they were here. We won a ton of games with these two in the lineup. So it's... Going to be awesome. I don't have tickets. I like to have tickets, but it'd be awesome at least getting to watch and cheer them on. I'll be cheering through my TV and yelling at the TV thinking they can hear me, like my wife says. <laughs> but it'd be fun watching them for the last time at Shoemaker. Yes, I still call it Shoemaker, Fifth Third Arena, and cheering them on. And it'd be great. So that's my sports hump. That's what helped me get through this week and getting me into my sports weekend. What's yours? You can uh, tweet it out to me at Sports with Strawberry Ice or put it on the Facebook page or down below. All right. Reds, no TV today. They are playing the Cubs at 305 today. I have enjoyed. There's been more Red Spring training games on this year than I can ever remember. I mean, a couple of them weren't Reds broadcast, but that's okay. At least you got to watch the Reds. So I did uh, I have enjoyed that. Now there hasn't been a whole lot really to talk about with the Reds in spring training because normally it's the Reds. We're like, okay, who's going to be our fifth starter? Or some, some years, like, who's going to 
start for us at all in our starting rotation. Okay, who's going to win the third base job? Who's going to do this? There's not a whole lot to talk about. I mean, everything's pretty much set as long as there's no big injuries. I mean, uh, Gina Suarez, he's got a shoulder. I don't know if he's going to be back for opening day or not. Senzel, uh, the Reds did tweet out yesterday that Nick Senzel will make his debut, spring training debut, on Thursday. So that's a good sign. I have no clue where he's going to play. Center field, second base, third base. I don't know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him at second. Uh, I mean, maybe not Thursday, but definitely going on into the future, especially if Gino is not going to be ready for opening day. Because to me, it's a pretty easy move. You put Shogo in center, Senzel at second, and you put Moose at third. So, I know, or actually, I'll tell you about Crawl said they wouldn't do that. Moose at second, Senzel at third because of the throw for uh, second base. Anyway, um, so at least uh, Nick is going to be back in action on Thursday. Now, the big story that is coming out of camp is Jose Garcia, the shortstop for the Reds. And everybody's wondering, wow, this guy, he's leading the Reds in home runs and RBIs in spring training. Now, don't get me wrong. The kid has been very impressive. Do I think he's going to beat out Freddie Galvis for the starting shortstop job? No. Next year, maybe. Because he's only had two years of professional baseball in the Reds organization. He's only, let's see, he's only 22 years old. And he hasn't even played above Class A yet. So, from a guy to go from Class A all the way up to the majors is a huge jump that I just don't see him making, even if he has a great spring, because we have Freddie Galvis. We don't necessarily need him to play shortstop. Next year, yes, later on in the season, maybe, depending on how he does. Can I see him starting in double-A or triple-A? Absolutely. Now, you say, well, what you put him in triple-A? Well, anymore seems like your better um, prospects they keep him in double A for some reason. So I'll be, I wouldn't be surprised if, if he's in double A and then jumps up to triple A to get him ready to come up to the majors. But he is very exciting to, to watch. I mean, I I mean, all, all winter I wanted the Reds to get a shortstop. I wanted to get, you know, the guy from Cleveland, which I ain't gonna happen. But it's very exciting that we have him because Freddie Gowers has a great year. Cool. Go uh, sign a multi-million dollar contract with somebody else. We got somebody to replace you. And that is what the blueprint needs to be for the Reds moving forward. We got to have a farm system to replace guys that leave. And then we have got to spend some money to either keep some of the guys we got or let them go and sign cheaper guys. That's got to be the pl- blueprint. I don't, like I said this before, I don't see us signing anybody for any long-term contracts. All right, as always, Sports with Strawberry Ice and the Ice Cave is presented to you by T Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out their website at www.tpropertiesllc for all your rental property needs and your rental management needs. I also have a couple Facebook page uh, groups here I like to uh, boast about. I talked about um, 
Bearcat country a lot because I'm on there a lot because well, that's basketball season. So, And then we have uh, Bengals Nation and a new one we started called Reds Country. That's where I posted the thing about uh, Nick Senzel on there. So if you're on Facebook and you like sports groups like Reds, Bengals, Bearcats, come check those groups out. We have some great conversations. <laughs> Bearcat country was blowing up last night because it was crazy. All right, guys, that's just sports. Like, subscribe, share. Tell all your friends about me. See ya!